Welcome to What's Good Under the Hood. This is how to begin it. False start. And here we go. Show number one, episode number one of the What's Good Under the Hood podcast. I'm Andy Woods from 97.5 WCOS. Greg Hood on the bottom of the screen, owner, operator, and everything too. The guru of Mazda, Mazda of Columbia. And on the uh, top left, as far as I see it, Rob Sanders of Fox Sports Radio, as you see behind him, 1400 AM. What's up, fellas? Not too much. I'm a little concerned about you, though, because I noticed all your name letters are in uppercase. You got an ego problem or something? <laughs> I have a major ego problem. That's a great way to start, you know? We've we've known each other for a while, and you should know that already. I do. I do. So let's introduce people to what we're going to be doing on the podcast as far as what we think we're going to be doing, because there are rabbit holes we will find our way down uh, eventually, probably sooner than later. Probably today. Yeah, I wouldn't doubt it. Greg knows everything about cars, the buying process. He's been doing this for for how long have you been in the business? I got in the business in 1983. I wasn't even born yet. I know. I know. (laughs) I was born. I was a year old. I I was really early in the process there. I got in the game. Uh, But me and my dad uh, had a used car lot in Folsom, California, and I kind of taught myself the car business. And many, many years later, here I am talking to a couple of goofballs. You name that right, Knucklehead and Knucklehead Junior. Exactly. I, I prefer. Rob, what's on your mind num- today, dude? I prefer Knucklehead Number Two, and and uh, I'm trying. I'm on this diet. I'm trying to get geared up for my weightlifting competition, but I want to be able to wear this, ladies and gentlemen. This is my is Phoenix that? Suns jersey. Phoenix Suns playing in the NBA Finals tonight. Oh, I they thought are. that was your singlet. You were no. <laughs> sporting this is, with your weightlifting. This is uh, having Phoenix your is, is America's team. Showing. Playing in the uh, yeah. playing in the NBA Finals tonight. I will do a private showing just on this podcast of my singlet, but then there will probably not be any more podcasts after that. Yeah, you're right about that. When can we expect the show, Rob? Oh goodness! <laughs> Episode number two, maybe. Once. Do you I'm have to win the contest first in order to do that? You got to. Well, I, I don't. Lift I don't enter things to lose, sir. So it's just it's a matter of picking oh. up trophies. Forgive me. Forgive me. <laughs> Want to talk about cars? Absolutely. I would love to. You had some wild question about the cars or the car business. What? Throw one at me. No, I have a question for you, and I asked you this recently, and I, I really enjoy the answer. I, I want to know what is the weirdest, most odd occasion experience you've ever had in all of your years of, of, of dealing in the car business. Meeting you. <laughs> okay, number two on the list. The meeting you again the second yeah. time. <laughs> Looks like we're going to go through the top five, the same damn thing. Oh, my gosh. We have had totally bizarre things. I mean, we've had customer. You know, you always love when customers are screaming on the showroom floor. They're always exciting. Um, that that happens. People don't realize that you get more bees with honey, so you don't need to freak out on somebody. You can kind of just tell us what you want. We're kind of... Re- you know, ready to do it. But the best one, I think, was when um, I had a, a demo. I was running a store in Sacramento. It was a old Pontiac GMC store, but we had a one-year-old Mazda RX-7 Turbo, and I was driving it. It was a nice little sports car, and one of the salesmen came to me and asked me for the keys to the car because he had to demo it, and I gave them to him. And about two hours later, he comes rolling back in the dealership looking very distressed. I said, what's wrong with you? He said, somebody stole your car. I got carjacked. I went, oh, no, that's terrible. So anyway, we called the police and went through all this stuff. Well, they found the car. And they said, and of course, they had the key. And I had the second key to the car. And when they found it, 
um, the police told us, hey, you need to put this some secure, someplace secure until you rekey it because, you know, they still have a key to the car because they didn't arrest them. And so anyway, I told the service manager, put the car in the shop. Don't take it out because I don't want the guys coming back and getting it. So the following morning, I'm driving to work and it's pretty early and it's kind of foggy and I'm rolling up on uh, to turn into the dealership. And all of a sudden I see this white RX-7 come ripping out of the parking lot and down the street, the guy <laughs> stole it twice. So you, you can't beat that, you know, and uh, they recovered the car uh, the second time and they knew where to go because they had seen a picture of one of the guys in the car. So the cop came in and he asked me, he said, hey, do you know if this is one of the people? I said, well, I didn't see him, my salesman did. So he talked to the salesman and he he pointed at the guy. He goes, yeah, that's him. And he goes, it's not the other guy. He goes, no, it's him. So they both stole the car. The one stole it the first time that the salesman had it. And the second guy stole it the second time, all because they had a picture, like a Polaroid picture in the car of themselves with their arm around each other and what they'd done. So they both got arrested for grand theft. Like dumb criminal of the month. It was pretty stupid, but they were smart enough to come back and get it. We were the dumb dealership of the month to park the thing out back when I specifically told them don't do it. So, you know, that's the kind of stuff that goes on. There's, There's been many, many things, but it's a great business. I really enjoy it. I was thinking Rob was going to have a comment here. Oh, I, I was waiting uh, on you. I thought Andy Andy had this look on his face like I just got a fresh haircut and I want to talk about it, but I was waiting. You guys are professionals. That was dead air. I like that. Uh, that's, a, that's a great way to start. Andy, let's talk about your hair. Well, give what everybody a couple glasses of wine and they went to town and they were drinking the wine when they cut that hair. I'm pretty sure. Sure. They were drinking vodka as they cut my hair. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah, Andy says he walks into the place, get his hair cut, and the first thing they do is they bust out a glass of wine. That's pretty strong. Well, it gets me chatty. Well, we, I mean, Yeah, you have a hard time with that. Most girls love that. <laughs> so, Rob, throw, thing, so. Yeah, throw something at me that you uh, you are puzzled by. Um, I My thing is, is that Andy's own, hair. Well, besides Andy's <laughs> hair, uh, you own a Mazda dealership, but you you buy used cars uh is is there is there something to that in that you buy used cars from other manufacturers is it just you try to buy cars that are uh that fit the the demographic of where you live because for me if i if i'm a mazda dealership i wouldn't want anything but mazda cars on my lot tell me why i'm silly if i think like that well, first of all, let me say it's a excellent question. Something Andy probably couldn't imagine <laughs> manage to do, but it is it is challenging and it's also hard. So what you try and do is you try and figure out what your market is in your area. So in our particular case, uh, amazingly enough, a Mazda customer that buys specifically a Mazda, they have some of the best credit in the industry. We don't really know why, but they do. It's I mean better than Mercedes, better than BMW. It's fantastic. But then we're on the edge of a, you know, the area that we're in, there's there's still some economic struggles struggles in the area, and so we have to buy used cars uh, to serve our, our real local market as well. So we're the only Mazda dealer in all of Colombia, and that's kind of a nice position to be in from my perspective. It gives us a lot of room for growth. Um, we have to do a better job branding the car. I, I would say it was kind of under marketed for the last six to ten years. Uh, and there were at one point there were two Mazda dealerships in town, but then they uh, closed the one. A Mazda made that decision. Um, but so let me go back to the used car point. Um, it really depends upon me. I buy the used cars that come in. We'll buy them off the street from customers, and we also take them in trade as we're doing it. We don't have any choice in what we're taking in trade. Uh, 
So you really have to kind of know the whole market, uh, what's working for you, what's not working for you. A lot of times I'll buy a car, I might say that one's not going to work for me, so I'll immediately wholesale it because I might find myself spending uh, either too much money to recondition it or I'll spend too much time trying to sell it. So we kind of have a clock running on what we do. A lot of a lot of dealers have a 90-day turn policy. We have a 60. Um, and so we're in a hurry to get them up to the front line. And we know that the turn is how we make money. It's not We're not making all kinds of money on each customer, but if we can take our same money and turn it multiple times in a month, that's uh, a lot more profitable. For example, if I bought one car, and I'll just throw some numbers out there, and I made $2,000 on one car, and then if I sold five cars with that same money and I made 1000 I made $5,000 over the turn instead of $2,000 on the one. So we really work more upon volume in order to do that. So my job is to select the right car. Um, and it's funny, you can take a Honda Accord like Andy drives, unfortunately. I swear we're going to fix that. But Creep about my Honda. He doesn't like having car payments, but he's driving a goofy car anyway. <laughs> but you can take a Honda Accord uh, EX, and park it right next to another one. And one of them looks good and saleable and the other one doesn't. And I mean, I'm not telling you they're both in bad shape. Some of them, some of them just have a certain eyeball to them. And so a lot of times it's what the car, how it strikes me as the guy buying it that determines A, the value of it, but B, I know that if I like the car when I'm looking at it and it does something for me, a little emotional, uh, it will do something for the customer and it's probably a great car for them. So I hope I answered that question, but there are some challenges in doing it, and I was kind of out of the car buying uh, mode. You know, in the previous dealership I was in, I was general manager of three dealerships, and I had people that worked for me that did that. So I had to go back to my roots of actually uh, training, retraining myself on how to buy a car. But I'm actually enjoying it. When you buy cars from people off the street, just regular people, do you ever find anything interesting in the glove box? Uh, there's stuff I'm not going to talk about. Sir. <laughs> we have found. We have found. That's the other part of that question. I mean. Uh, we have found some things and trade-ins and uh, in the trunk that I want to uh, know what it is. I want to know what sex, sex toys and that yeah. kind of stuff. I mean, you well, know, you leave that behind. I don't. I guess they got no place else to put it. It's kind of hard to transfer it to your new car right in front of the salesman. <laughs> hey, let me move this over that's here. That's why. That's why they yeah. give you a box and a bag to carry all the stuff out of and, your and old I car. And I promise you, I am not the only guy in the car business that has seen this. Of course, we've seen an awful lot of marijuana. Um, you know, seeds and all that stuff. And I, I am fascinated. I, I, I'll tell you what really fascinates me is when people come in to trade in a car and it's absolutely just wiped out. You know, it, it needs to hit it with a fire hose to clean the thing out. But yet they're out looking at the car they just bought and go, well, there's a little scratch on it right here. Well, in a couple of months, it'll look just like that one. So don't worry about it. They're just looking for something for you to give them money off the car. It's got a scratch. Give me 20% off. No, I mean, it's even after the transaction. It's okay. I'm not, I'm not picking on people, but I, that's just the way they are. They're, they're amazingly picking on what they just bought, but they don't take care of it. So a, a, an interesting thing is if you ever have absolutely nothing to do in your life. You can go on YouTube and look at these guys that detail cars for a living. And so they'll have a guy that, or a gal that brings in just some absolute blister of a car that I saw one, he was the person who owned it. And they obviously had a drug problem. They found needles and stuff in the car, but they put their cigarettes out on the center console. They ground them into where it says park neutral reverse. They just ground them in and left them there. That couldn't be repaired, but the the guy did an amazing job. But to watch him go through the process of cleaning these cars, and I mean they're nasty. We've been in ones that smell bad. You know they've got 
six kids they're all eating in the car or babies that are got their formula spilled on the ground it's horrible you know we, so, we were talking about that uh with the used cars though is there a certain car that you just won't buy i mean because i i've had bad luck with with certain cars and i would never buy x car we won't put out there what it was but do well, you have something that you just like i'm not buying that it's not happening. Yeah, and it really relates more to the year of it than it is the car. I mean, if and I'll point one out, it's, they're not a bad car. Um, a Mini is a good example. Um, they're, you know, if they're three years old, they're fine. If they're five years old, they're a problem. You know, there are certain cars that once one light goes on on the dash, you're expecting a Christmas tree coming right after it. So, you know, I, I steer away from certain brands that I know are going to cost me a lot of money in reconditioning. I'm not afraid of weird cars. I mean, weird cars amazing. I'll give you an example. We had a Cadillac CTS I bought, and I really questioned myself for buying it because I was on an online auction, but it really looked clean. It was a CTS wagon. It wasn't a V, so it didn't have the big motor in it, but it was a 3.6, so it had the better V6 in it, a sport suspension package, eyeballed great. It was black with tan leather, so it had all that going for it. And, you know, I, I actually got it for a pretty good deal. Uh, put the thing online. The first call we got on it was from Las Vegas. <laughs> and we sold the car, and I believe it went to Atlanta, if I'm not mistaken. But my point is, is that the cool thing about the internet is it gives, if somebody's looking for a specific car and they're really rare and they're hard to come by, even if they're not necessarily in demand, a one off or a two off is an in demand car because there's a certain percentage of the people that are looking for a car that want that one. And if you're the only one that's got it, you got yourself a car deal. What is the best way to get the best deal on a car when you walk into the lot? Because everybody wants to know. For you? <laughs> no, not for me, because I'm not going to get a great deal. No, we're not going to let that happen. But is there is there something that a customer can do when they walk in the lot, uh, when they walk in the showroom? Because we all think, man, I want the best deal possible. Can I can I bring them down? Is there a lot of room? Is there a lot of room in a car? You know what? That's the better question. Um, there is not. And you people will sit out there watching this and go, well, he's full of baloney, but, and I wasn't going to use the word baloney. I like baloney. It's obvious. Anyway, white red, white yeah, red and, white bread. Uh, and I'll, either, I'll and do mustard. either Dukes. I will not do miracle whip. I'm just, we can just count that out. So do you put like potato chips on it. So you get a little crunch to the sandwich. No, no it's good. I'll try it. Yeah. I'm trying to quit. Uh, anyway, nonetheless, is it what has changed over the years? If you go way back into how the car business worked um, back when I first started, which was before you were born, Car manufacturers used to do price increase announcements. They used to talk about the models that are coming. They would debut them. Uh, dealers would ha invite people in for the unveiling of cars. It was really a big deal. And over the years, that kind of went away. And I think the reason it went away is because they, they got so expensive that they didn't want to ever talk about a price increase. So they tried to keep the MSRP, which is Manufactured Suggested Retail Price. Remember those words? That's what the manufacturer suggests that we retail the car for. But what they did over that period of time was, is instead of raising the prices of the cars, and this is probably over the last 20 years, 15 to 20 years, they raised the invoice price of the car, the cost to us on the vehicle, they raised it uh, significantly. So I'll give you an example. It's not my product, so I don't have any uh, skin in the game, but you know, Kia Forte, for example, or maybe a Toyota Corolla. Um, you know, or and I will throw it out there, Mazda three. They probably only have three hundred, three hundred fifty dollars different or uh, margin between invoice and retail. So you're probably thinking, well, how do you make any money doing that? Well, 
volume for one. We have to. I mean, we sell their products. We make a profit when we sell a service contract. Um, there's profit centers for us. And then we're also looking the, at the long game. We know a customer over a period of time, if they're loyal to us and we're good to them, they're going to spend about $4,500 over the term of their uh, ownership of that car in our service department. Now, that $4,500 isn't all profit. It's just $4,500. But that's about the average. So, if we putting if we're putting both pieces to the puzzle together, eventually we can you know make money. The second part of that is is that uh, even expensive cars don't have the markup they used to. The car used to have twenty percent uh, markup in them, and now we're lucky to see four or five, and that that really creates a problem. So there's not as much wiggle room. So we actually try and negotiate in hundreds instead of thousands because there aren't thousands there anymore. So hopefully that answered your question. Then that I'll add to that. I can't tell you how many times in my career that somebody said, oh, I want to see the invoice. Well, now it's on the internet. But if you go way back, they said, we want to see the invoice. You bring it out and they'll tell you you're lying. We're not lying. We didn't print it up in the back. We just, we're lying. We're, I mean, we're bringing out the piece of paper. We didn't, you know, magically make it up. So, you know, there's a lot of doubt and questioning of what we do as, as um, car dealers, but it's a hard business. It's a it's a hard way to you no know, easy way to make hard money. Hard way to make easy money. Whatever. It's difficult. I'll tell you that. There's too many plates on a stick. <laughs> too many. <laughs> well, you know, one starts to wobble. Listen, if your if your parts department's not doing well, but your service department is, well, that's one thing. So you got a deficiency there. If the new car department's doing well, the used car department isn't. One of them is dragging the other one down, and so you got to make sure all the plates are spinning evenly. And when they are, that's when we can be profitable. But everybody thinks car dealers are rich. We're not rich. I mean, we make a good living, but it's not. Uh, we're not raining money out there because if you look at it, it's actually kind of a bad business model. You're looking at about uh, if you're doing a good job running a dealership, uh, you're making about two and a half percent net to the gross sales. So every dollar you bring in, you're going to net about two and a half percent. That's not very good. I mean, most businesses are trying for twenty, and uh, you know, you buy a pair of shoes or you buy uh, a shirt or whatever, and there's that's been marked up multiple times, keystone and marked up. And we don't have that uh, ability to do that. We can only do it through, you know, a little at a time. Uh, keystone? Yeah, that's when you double the, the price. Of, so if it costs you 10 bucks, you sell it for 20. But you were talking about the cheap beer. No, no. <laughs> Remember Keystone? That was Remember, then the bitter beer face. Isn't that what that was? Yeah, but is that the one that was bitter beer face? If I'm, I, am I, I wrong? So, like Rob, Keystone you know will that. make you make a bitter beer face. Rob's got a bitter beer face, so we I, just have to kind I, of. I try not to thing. have a bitter beer face. I, I sent Andy a picture. We of can me, barely. Uh, s- I sent you a picture oh, of me earlier today, I wish- where I was on my uh, my mission trip. And uh, yeah. I, I've got to share that. That's I'll, I'll show that to you when can we you show that. that? Yeah, I can, but uh, I'll show it to you later on. It, it's kind of it's kind of disturbing. I was doing I was you literally doing I can, but I was literally doing God's work, and I looked pretty bad. It was it was pretty off. No, I was I was wearing a <laughs> I was wearing a Carolina Panthers jersey, and a mi- yeah, and a Michigan oh. hat. It was. It was pretty bad, and you, you want to talk about a bitter face. That is beautiful. Oh, hold on, yeah, and yeah, you don't on. look good there, brother. Yeah, look, look at that, look at that, look at hold it, hold, hold it back up there, Andy. Yeah. Put that hold back on. up there. Put that back up there, Andy. Put it back up there. It's up. Okay, you got it. Yeah, hold on. You're, he yeah, is yeah, back up. Look at that. Yeah. That is. You're terrible. a hater, Rob. <laughs> That's and, terrible. And my reply? Should I show my reply to that? Sure. Why not? That's probably not. No. No. It, oh, wasn't that bad? bad. I don't think it was, but 
Yeah, it was. Uh, yeah, we can't see it. But I think <laughs> it was like what? I have resting. resting I have to show this face. gift that you sent me recently. You ready for this? Oh, goodness. Right. I don't know why you sent that to me. It was having to do with something we were talking about. It may have been, is I've seen the same one. It may have been when we were talking about you having to wear a singlet at your upcoming weightlifting competition. Oh gosh. Yeah. Well, if we I, could, I, you know, I'm if we uh, could just go through all of our, see what else I can find. I, I'm kind of nervous about uh, that. We'll I see. can't show any of this. I can't show any of this. None anyway. of our conversations can be shown here because we're trying to be a, a family show here. And which means none of our conversations can uh, can take place there. I Who, I sent I sent a picture to you and you know Greg I, both the other day, and I got no response from either one of you. I was like, maybe that's over the line. <laughs> which picture did you send? <laughs> it was what a picture. Uh, did you send? It was a picture of a football player. I sent it to both of you. I and uh, it was we were in a group text together, and then all of a sudden the text was going, and then all of a oh, sudden. Oh, I know what we were talking about. We were talking about you going into the uh, grocery store and seeing the warm nuts. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that's what, that's what brought that on. Hang on. What yeah. store was that where they had it? Was, it, it, was it, was circle, a, it was Circle K. They have warm nuts in Circle K. I was going to bring yeah. you some pistachios, by the way, and put them in my pocket and then pull oh, them out and go, hey, I think these up, are warm. Bring it up again, Rob. If you're watching, if you're just listening to this podcast, yeah, the What's happen. Good Under the Hood podcast, then you can't see this. The video is going to be on a YouTube channel. Am I correct? Yes, that is correct. And they're the yeah. warm nuts with your warm nuts all over the YouTube channel. Assorted warm nuts, two ninety nine at Circle K. Yeah, heck of a deal. I'll I take two this time. I don't think I can get good. <laughs> <laughs> and on that note, we're going to call this one done. I want to talk about next time on on episode two of the What's Good Under the Hood podcast with Greg. You didn't put your handle up there like you did on the on the uh, practice run for the podcast. Remember, you said big sexy on the last one. It's just Greg well, now. I just was too big and definitely not just too sexy. So I thought I'd take that down. I. I want to talk about the next time we gather, which should be soon. I want to talk about about electric cars instead right, of we'll gasoline cars. Cool, because there's a lot to talk about there. Sounds good. This has been fun. Episode one of the What's Good Out of the Hood podcast. Thank you very much. Thank you. 